Welcome to Tesseract Podcast, where we unlock your power to innovate. Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm going to be your host today. Tesseract's mission is to empower airmen, connect them to resources, and accelerate change across the Air Force logistics enterprise. Specifically, our team works as an innovation accelerator assigned to the Air Staff Logistics Directorate, where we partner with airmen to operationalize the new sustainment strategy. Most people, when they hear innovation, they think of tech and robots, but it also applies to things like fitness. Today, we have a unique episode where we met with Misfit Athletics. Their crew is pretty awesome. Paul Hammer leads the conversation as we talk through innovation and what it means to the CrossFit community. All right, here we go. Um, we can kind of start macro level innovation in terms of how maybe CrossFit has innovated the strength and conditioning world and then kind of get get more micro um, in terms of uh, Misfit Athletics. But and then transition to like what from your guys' perspective, what's important to allow innovation to happen? No, we, we, we have we have a lot of meetings about this stuff. We have a lot of meetings okay. about, you know, how to how to improve and grow and adapt and. So it's definitely like we started out making stuff for ourselves and now we got to figure out how to sell it to other people and grow and all right. that. So, yeah, that's definitely something that we talk about regularly. We might be putting the cart before the horse. We should, should we do introductions first? Hey. Matt, is that... <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> works for me. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how editing works, but I'm sure. We can around, but we I'll see you there. <laughs> so, but if you guys want to start with, with kind of a, an intro and what is what is misfit sure um drew crandall co-founder owner i don't know i, I don't like using words like ceo <laughs> head honcho yeah uh misfit athletics um founded the gyms were founded in 2010 and the misfit athletics website was founded in 2012 um and we have hunter wood and co-founder and owner matt sherburn here as well um yeah we've been doing this thing for a long time it's weird to throw dates out there like that because it's it like so long ago and so recent yeah it's weird yeah it's, it's 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 weird going through going back through because you have so many distinct memories of things with members here at the physical gyms and then the layout of every competition season every layer every open and regionals and sanctional and they're they're so they're very emotional type events when you really get invested into athletes so start throwing around dates like you know we've been doing this for over 10 years it's it's kind of crazy that's a I, and i think that's i don't have the data but maybe you guys can support but that's 11 years in that space. I think it, it's hard to, to be successful for 11 years and to, to grow continuously for 11 years. Yeah, I think, I think it's, some deliberate. I think it's uh, a lot of it's based on interest. Um, really kind of the idea that we want to be doing what we're doing. We want to be building what we're building. And I think a lot of society right now is come up with an idea that may or may not even make money and try to sell it for as much as possible. So you can maybe do the exact same thing again or disappear or whatever. Um, this is, we're lucky enough to, to be in a situation where we are working on things daily that we're interested in. And it's still work. It's still challenging, but I think the longevity comes from actually wanting to do what we're doing. Yeah, no, I think the, it, 
the progression of both the sport, the sport side of things for Misfit Athletics and the the CrossFit space itself kind of just just forces that by nature, as with any industry that start like it's great to get in on the ground level, but it doesn't matter if you don't if you don't kind of evolve and, and develop. And you, you see that with, I'm trying to think of a good example, but you see that with, with basic companies, I would say maybe like the Microsoft Apple sort of thing. Like, you know, everybody, I remember looking at like a, a MacBook and like the, the weird, like see-through green and pink <laughs> sort of screen and being like, Oh, like ugh, Apple, like Mac, I don't like that. Um, and they've, innovated and developed and now everybody's life is is probably like at least ours like our workspace is tied to you know apple products for example just from a from a work perspective so thinking kind of comparing those to like the the crossfit space it's forced it 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 absolutely it's, it's either it's literally been kind of a grow or die thing and with the 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 physical locations now you know peaking at probably close to 15,000 locations. COVID has, uh, unfortunately for a lot of them, brought that number back down to maybe a more sustainable level, but it's still, um, it's not the same. You can't, you're not going to, you're not going to open a gym today in the same way that you were able to in 2012 or like when, when CrossFit MF, the, our home location kind of started. So it's, it, it just forces, it forces you to think outside the box a little bit and, also just address like what what people need and there's always that line of like what do what do people need versus what do people want because those aren't always the same thing and that's something that I think we like we firmly believe in like when we're putting out a product in the whether it's in the gym or online it's like hey we're we're not gonna we're not gonna create like make this gimmicky to the point where it's like all like we don't want you to click on the, we don't want you to do the Instagram workout because it's like cool and sexy looking. Like we want you to follow the program, even though it involves a bunch of boring because we know that this is what athletes need to succeed. It's not, maybe not necessarily what you want to see because you want to see something cool on Instagram. It's like, this is the, this is the stuff that we know works. Um, and we're going to provide, provide you what you need, not always what you want. And I also think we're very lucky that we're in a a health space where you might enter hoping to have, I don't know, bigger pecs or be able to sprint faster than another human being or whatever sort of things. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That that you're trying to accomplish to, to, you know, to peacock, you know, when I, when I started this, I was in my early twenties. So, um, but you develop more and more healthy habits just because of the space you're in. And then you can start to think about things from a different perspective. You know, my, my health concerns now are much more based on, uh, you know, mental health and mental performance than physical. Um, but because we start in a place where a lot of the behaviors that we're teaching and that we're chasing are so healthy, I think it expands your perspective to a point where you can, like really start to look at things from a bunch of different angles and try to figure out like, what do I personally want? What do we want for the business? What do we, how does that trickle down to our customers? Um, so I think, I think it's kind of a unique situation when you're, you're looking at something from that perspective, because, you know, I've, I've worked in other industries and they just kind of are what they are. They don't really like permeate your life in the same kind of way. Right. Well, and on that note, I think, I think this is Paul Hammer's view and not necessarily the explicit view of the Air Force. 
Um, I think the the space that you have is the most comprehensive one stop shop for health and wellness stuff. And by that, I mean, like, if you want to get into Wim Hof method and like, like that space, you can go to wimhof.com or wherever that is and read a book and get like super deep in that. Um, if you want to get into pros running, you can go somewhere else. Like if you want to get really deep into a lot of these things, you can go somewhere else. But if, if you go to misfit and you kind of subscribe and I don't mean subscribe, like pay the dollars, I mean, subscribe, like, like submit to the process, I think, and, and you kind of go, okay, like, let me see what this is about. Let me see what this is about. Let me, let me follow the workouts. Let me, let me kind of follow the nutrition subscription and get into kind of some of the mental health stuff. Like you guys, if you listen to enough misfit podcasts, like you'll drop a book every once in a while. If you pick that book up, if you kind of subscribe to that process, like you would be a, a, a great, healthy human being. So, so I think in terms of like, if, if I'm navigating the space, that's super, uh, there's a lot out there and it's confusing it misfit you don't go you can't go wrong by just starting with misfit athletics is that deliberate yeah yes yeah yes it's definitely (laughs) deliberate um but again it starts off with uh, like i'm all three of us were extremely curious um in all of these areas so we take those deep dives and sometimes it's for work and sometimes it's for personal, you know, you're just sort of chasing the curiosity of something to learn more about it. But the three of us share, I think a passion for these things where if someone is interested and it's closer to a surface level, they can, you know, sort of just be around YouTube videos, podcasts, whatever we're putting out and they can get that knowledge, you know, from us maybe in a, you know, in a way where they don't have to read a whole book or take an online course or whatever. So, um, it's it's certainly intentional the way that we come together and disseminate the information, but it's also kind of personal how we go down a rabbit hole because you can definitely tell when someone starts talking about a new topic, the other person's like filing away like I'm uh, whatever you're saying is fine, but I'm gonna go read about this and figure out what the heck's going on, and then we can yeah. come back together and have a conversation. I, think I love. It, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say no. I think like it's in it's intentional for sure, and it's. For me, sometimes it's not not frustrating, but I think to myself, like, like, are we getting through the information? Are we getting this stuff to people? Um, and like, no, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get the full experience with with just listening to one podcast. There does have to be a little bit of like that, you know, subscription, so to speak. Like you were saying, Paul, to to like being invested in like kind of the continuous educational aspect. So if you're, if you are like, you know, someone interested in either getting involved in competitive CrossFit or coaching or learning more about this sort of stuff, like, um, it, it's a lot over like a long enough period of time you start to hear, you kind of have that pattern recognition of like, oh yeah, they've, they've talked about this a couple different times in a couple different, uh, from a couple different angles. And it's starting to make sense, uh, rather than kind of having just the, Oh, I'm going to pluck, I'm going to pluck a bullet point from this place, from this podcast. I'll pluck a bullet point from this book, this podcast, that sort of thing. Like that's, that's important. Gaining exposure to a lot of different sources of information. But, um, a lot of times I think it's important to find kind of a resource that you can, one kind of common resource that you can trust almost as like a validating, a a validating location for the things that you suspect or have read or have heard. And then, you can listen to hopefully, hopefully us. And we, most of a lot of our experiences 
is just that it's it's empirical it's based on it's based on observation and experience and in a um, in a space being the strength and conditioning realm that previously was very driven by like what was written in a textbook or provided to you by certified strength and conditioning specialists like those sorts of people who um like not to knock on that but like CrossFit has revealed that there's a very different way that we can think about strength and conditioning and um, you know, we, we're not running studies out in the lab, like written, writing down and taking, you know, taking lactate samples. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's uh, not that fun. I can confirm it's pretty boring. <laughs> we haven't done a biopsy on a member yet. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> um, but next we, we, we've seen it. We, we, we just observe and then put the information out there for people to hopefully take in. And then obviously there has to be a level of buy-in from them, but we, we got to hope that it it'll take eventually. And I think the big part of it for me personally is just a little bit of ego, like thinking about, oh, I could figure this out or like I can do this or I want to be that. And that like driving my curiosity to, to figure out how can I help someone be fitter? Or how can I help someone be healthier? Or how can I help my own self, you know, deadlift, whatever, 500 pounds, like those type of you things. You can't deadlift 500. <laughs> my sleep. Um, but the, the, the idea I'm doing of it right like, now. <laughs> if I, if I don't know the answer, I can go figure it out. And that's been something that I've liked to say to, to members for years is that you come with me with a health and fitness question and I don't know the answer. I'm going to feel like a moron in front of you. And then I'm gonna be like, all right, well, thanks for telling me that. Now I'm going to go figure it out. So a big part of what, like, I think drives me to want to learn more is that like, I'd like to be that resource. It's like, it's a good feeling to be able to help somebody else. And for me, if I didn't know the answer for myself or the person who was asking me, like, I want to go out and find out that answer because I don't want to, you know, necessarily look stupid next time they come up and ask me a question. So yeah. for me, it's that like, I don't know, teenage male, 20 year old male type of thing. Yeah. I was just going to say there's, I mean, you, you guys in being, being, you know, with in the, in the military, it's, you know, a little bit about the, the mindset of a 23 year old man, um, and there were certainly some drawbacks, but just the idea of thinking that I could do basically whatever I wanted and anything was certainly a seed to all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, like, it's funny to think back on. Obviously, there were certain drawbacks to, to the situation, but we've, <laughs> we've learned in the last 13 years. Yeah, a lot. You are <laughs> bulletproof at 23. Bulletproof. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely bulletproof. I had full time job, was coaching classes, training full time. I used to take the espresso naps where I was... I'd come home from my job, do a shot of espresso, lay down for 20 to 40 minutes before going to coach classes and then train. <laughs> and I didn't think anything of it. It I didn't, was... I, at no point was <laughs> so I like, oh, I'm too busy. I'm <laughs> so stressed. I, I was joking with my roommate last night a little bit about uh, he's like, he's a little bit religious. I'm not not super religious, but part of me does believe in there's something, something higher, like some sort of higher being. And I was like, the main reason I believe that is because as a high school kid, I could go 135, 225, 315, 365 on a back squat or like quote back squat, you know, par maybe parallel, uh, <laughs> and, and not low bar. Get, good morning. And, low bar. Good morning. And, <laughs> not, and, and not get put through the floor or tear something completely out of my hip or knee. And I think about doing that right now. And it's like, could I do that? Like, probably not, but like some, some, <laughs> some higher being protected me because I was a complete moron at 18 <laughs> that somehow didn't allow me to snap in half that if I tried to do that now, I would, I would literally die. The universe has like insurance <laughs> <Yeah>. for, <laughs> for <laughs> universal insurance for 16 to 26 year olds. <laughs> yes. Sure. 
you mentioned ego and I was thinking on, on this side of the coin for me, subscribing to, to the misfit project or way or, or however you want to put it. It's like, I have to put, put a little bit of ego aside because for me, it's like, who do you, what, who are you to know better than I, mm -hmm. but every time I've done that and gone, you know what, like, let me give fasted cardio a go. Cause, cause Sherb says it works <laughs> like, Oh wait, you know, two cycles later, like you, you've PR'd everything. Is it because, you know, so I think I, I'm glad that you guys have that piece because it's like, you're doing the work for me. I, I just need to remember to submit to my ego a little bit, listen, give it a try. Um, and I also think in terms of you guys in, in that kind of what you were talking about, Hunter is like, you guys are the, are the spoke of the wheel. And, and if you, if I want to, if I want to hear you guys talk about Wim Hof and that's a good entry you know the 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 level to entry is low i can get in on the ground floor if i want to get deeper then then i can branch off and i can get deeper but you've gotten me in the door um i think i think you guys are successful at that at those two things a willingness to give it a try i think is sort of what popped out from what you just said there's there's full acceptance of of things that you don't understand that could be probably a little bit of a problem and then there's man these guys don't know what they're talking about kind of sort of that hater mentality that yeah. you hopefully try to get rid of as you pass the age of 23 um <laughs> and somewhere in the middle is or 38 let's give it a shot let's see like these guys have been doing this for a long time and they probably did a lot of testing and you know there are a lot of things that i've done a deep dive on that i've decided belong in the trash can and don't belong on our podcast and um but just you saying like we've built the sort of rapport with certain people for them to say i will try this that's yeah. that's really what we're asking for because we do talk about so much different stuff that it might not even be realistic to incorporate all of it into your life but if something you know little bell goes off and we're talking about the benefits of a certain thing and then it's like yeah i'll try that like i think that's a pretty big step for us to be able to get with a customer I think it's taken a lot to like my own personal journey of like jumping on a team of something. Like when I found CrossFit, I was like, this article says if I do interval training, I'll never have to do anything long or tough ever again. I hate aerobic work. Don't ever make me run for more than like, I don't know, 30 seconds. And you know, you latch onto those identities. You're like, all right, I can fix all my problems with just CrossFit training, CrossFit training, CrossFit training, and ignoring completely years and years of some like really valuable information about like energy systems and the aerobic pathway and all much of that. It probably bore most people to tears. And, you know, sort of jumping on the CrossFit train and, you know, neglecting all of the past aerobic work information and now coming, you know, full circle, realizing like that community has lots of value. And I was being a hater when I was 20 years old. And that, that uh, mentality shift of like, listen, there are valuable people in, on both sides of the argument. And the mature person takes in both opinions and listens to it and then makes, for the, you know, up their mind for themselves. That to me is what I look at as a big part of what we do with, with training is kind of opening people's eyes to, hey, there's not one right way to do this. There's many ways. And we want to give you as many different avenues to, for you to have success, because that's what we're ultimately trying to do is to create the change within you with information. I mean, innovation relies so much on open-mindedness, right? Like, how am I supposed to get, you know, past the point that I'm currently at if this is, you know, my identity, this is who I am, this is what I do, and it just is the way it is. And I think that's one of the things, one of the lessons from early on in CrossFit. It's like, you have to wonder 
what type of personality is drawn to performance in really any fitness sector, whether it's Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, endurance sports, it takes a certain kind of person to go seek that out, right? To be like, I'm going to do everything that I can to be the best at this one thing. And then you get the tribal aspect of runners hate lifters and Olympic weightlifters think that powerlifters, you know, can't fit through the doorway and whatever it is. And CrossFit, even though basically everyone still doesn't like us very much. Um, yeah, which even, is interesting. Even right? though they, they copy half the things we do, that's fine. Yeah. Um, the, the original message was bring in the powerlifting coach, bring in the Olympic weightlifting coach, bring in the gymnast, you know, bring in guys like Hinshaw that spent however many years biking and swimming and running, bring in all of these people, find out, you know, pick out the things that they have to say that are really important and then put it all together. And I think for us, it's like, okay, we have to remain open-minded or we could, first of all, never understand how CrossFit works, but then also never use the, you know, sort of the power of the idea of it. Maybe it's not just this thing. Maybe it's all of these things coming together and we got to figure out how they, you know, sort of work and play. Yeah. So I heard, I heard that kind of as the, as the first thread of like what it takes to be innovative and i heard you say drew an open-mindedness right like like this ability to to look look for things outside of your kind of immediate scope and and test them out and the other thing i heard you say was um treating things like a hypothesis because what you said was uh, a little bit before that string of consciousness was we, we you've done a lot of deep dives on a lot of things and a lot of stuff doesn't make it right like it just doesn't the hypothesis doesn't stand up, but that's okay because now you have that data point. You've tested that hypothesis. You know it doesn't fit in the narrative, and I think I think that's part of uh, the innovation space too. Absolutely, and I think you get there through, um, you know, certainly a hot topic in our country right now. But I spent so much of my life identifying as a very rigid, specific thing. I am a football player. I am a snowboarder. I only listen to underground hip hop. Uh, you know, I'm an emo kid, whatever it is, I would pigeonhole myself and would, you know, thinking back on it, like, you know, get myself into arguments about stuff that I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and realizing as I get older that like the more you put yourself into a box, the, you know, the less you can see outside of it, the less you can see what the going on. Um, and, and I always tell, tell people that are listening to the podcast to check out a, an essay by Paul Graham. This is keep your identity small and whether it's the actual specifics of it. Cause I know that there are some things he talks about religion in it and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about in general, like if you decide so many concrete and absolute things in your way of thinking, it's really hard to let new information in and like that's where my mind goes immediately with the innovation thing. And then how do you get from being not open-minded to open-minded It's like letting go of these like labels that you've put on yourself or expectations you put on other people. Yeah. There's so many, I think there's just so many examples again, kind of taking that innovation bent and maybe going into a like larger, larger company than, than us. When you think about like a, like a Tesla or a Google, like, I can't, I can't remember what Elon Musk said, but basically they had a failed, like failed SpaceX launch and he was like super excited about it. And he was just like, I always, I always knew we were going to fail. Like, 
and just having that mindset like Google. Yeah, he said we were supposed to crash. Yeah, we were supposed <laughs> to crash and like yeah. Google. Good, now we have data. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, and Google has the, the moonshot factory where it's like there's a specific department dedicated to like just making the most ridiculous ideas and seeing if they work and they'll mostly fail. And it's just having that, um, the combination of the mindset of, you know, being being willing to say like oh what if i'm wrong what if this work what if something else works better um what's the worst that could happen if we try this that sort of mentality just enables i think just enables that that growth and kind of propagate propagates that the culture of like it's okay to it's okay to fail uh and it's okay to to throw an idea out there that might not stick speaking yeah, I- of culture uh just want to tie in I've been taking some notes here. We have our leadership principles here at Tesseract, and you all have named almost four of them verbatim as we've been talking. Learn and be curious. Dive deep. Experiment. Uh, prioritize value. Also have mentioned you know, having humility and uh, and thinking we you know versus me and thinking of a, of a community. All of those being in line to uh, be, a, be a vehicle and a driver uh, to cultivating and, and inculcating an innovative environment. I, I find that just amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's, it's weird to think back, you know, at the, at the beginning, I might've been mad that Sherb was better at running a class than me. Um, <laughs> you know, just again, because of the idea that it, that everything is competitive and, and you know, it's you yeah. versus the world, but every person in this building and right now specifically in this room has a unique, like a really high level, unique skill that I don't have and switching over to the fact that that's inspiring and maybe educational as opposed to like, I want to be able to do exactly that thing. And, and if you look at our coaching staff, like, you know, we do coaches evaluations and the sliders are all in these different places. And it's like, does a coach think that they're bad at this thing or do they think that there's an amazing example out in the gym at least once a day that they can go watch and learn from. And then that same person could come out and learn from their enthusiasm or the way that they connect with people. So I think, I think realizing that people that are all around you have these skills and that it's not like you don't have them. It's more like maybe there's a a roadmap there or maybe you can lean on them and delegate that sort of thing. That's, that's been, you know, a big part of, I know my journey and, you know, I assume both of yours as well. Yeah. I'd say the the biggest thing I've could have realized as I've turned from 20 to 30 years old is that like, there's so much value in the human interaction and what you can learn from somebody else that sometimes you can be like, Oh, I'm so busy with what I got going on. I don't have time to take a few minutes to just have a, you know, run of the mill conversation with someone. But you, every single time you do that to somebody that, you know, maybe you could have had a, a few minute conversation with them. You have an opportunity where you could have learned something where you don't, right? You have this opportunity where you could have taken experience. Like one of our members works in like foreign textiles. And I remember we were talking about sharpening the ax and we started talking about factories. And I was like, if I didn't, you know, stop him at the Christmas brunch and said, Hey, how you doing? We would never have that conversation about vetting a factory in, in China or something like that. To me, that's just such a crazy little like snippet into life. But like thinking about that from a macro perspective and like, if you're always around people who are constantly agreeing with you and never really pushing you to think differently or be differently, that innovation dies or stops. So it's really nice that this room while we're it's all, also very boring. Yeah, it's also super boring. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't want to pick people who agree with me. That's not what I'm looking for. But the having that like 
backing forth and like one of the things that we do with our programming is we'll all kind of be assigned to certain parts of the programming and come together and you have to like basically defend yourself and why this is the right way to do things and I think we are better because we are constantly challenging one another to be not only know what we're talking about but to be able to explain that to other people and that if we're always thinking about how we can be better we're probably going to be going down that path versus just being like, nope, good, moving on. Because then we just get complacent and then we just become like everybody else who, you know, potentially we don't want to be. There's a tribute. Oh, go ahead. Go Paul. ahead, Hunter. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just try to like cut off that weird, like, no, 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 you go. Uh, yeah, uh, no, like, interrupt, uh, like just cut it uh, off right at the head. I'll, I'll jump in. But um, go. <laughs> to, for, for a lot of the listeners, I think probably a lot of, obviously a lot of military listeners to kind of, maybe bridge that gap a little bit it's to me it's it's like the uh for me it's like the platoon commander company commander who refuses to to delegate things appropriately to you know subordinates and stuff and recognize that you your job is to know a little bit just enough about a lot of things and in the case of like a lieutenant to know just enough to be dangerous um but like to, to know enough about everything, but also know enough about the people that you work with and you work for you or that work underneath you to know like, oh, this person, this person provides a lot of value in this regard um, because odds are you don't, you're, you're not like, like Drew said, like everybody else, everybody is, everybody is better than you at something. Like somebody else is better than you at, at something that you think you're pretty good at, but the odds are there's somebody else out there who does it better than you do. Uh, and if you don't take that, um, if you treat that as more of a threat than an opportunity, then you're, you're in deep. And, and that's just like kind of a recipe for if you're, if you're kind of like the topmost layer and it's just like, everything goes through me, uh, or everything needs to be like, I need to approve and like every single thing that happens, then you're just, you're stunting the potential growth of whatever group or company or culture or whatever you're trying to improve and grow. Um, because going to like the coaching example, like I, I like to think I'm a good coach, but I know that there are a lot of things that at least three or four of our coaches are significantly better than me at. Um, and it's like, I, I could say to myself, like, shoot, like I, um, like this sucks. Like I need to be better, which I want to do, but, or at the same time I could say like, uh, oh wow. Like these guys are, are blossoming. They're like, they're doing well. And from a leader perspective, I say to myself, like, I want, I hope you, I hope you get better than me. Like I want members to say like, I hope you beat me in this workout. Like to me, that's a, that's a reflection to me in my mind. I'll tell myself that's a reflection of the work that we as a coaching staff put into the the programming and like providing a good product to members. So if members are beating you in a workout, you did your job. If, if members, if, if a coach is communicating and interacting with a member and providing a positive experience or a member says, Hey, I loved, uh, Chris's class today. It was awesome. Like he taught me something new. I say like, that's awesome. Like that's a positive reflection of what we're doing in here, you know, as a, as a group and obviously, yep. obviously on him as well. But like, we, we want that to don't, don't stifle that to just one person. Like that's a reflection of you as well as a leader. Yeah. And Sherb, you mentioned uh, when 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 you were talking, I I had this two thoughts that that idea of uh, you get you know you guys go and you do your thing and then you come back and that notion of the the lone genius like that that individual who who created some like you know innovative 
um, thing and kind of changed history. The idea that they did it alone is is false, right? If you look 100%. at all that kind of stuff, there's like so much goes into that. And then I I wanted to ask you guys even before we we got together. Now one of the, one of my thought questions was, um, you know, Pixar does these things called brain trusts where they they kind of get in a room and they pick apart the movies and they're 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 very candid about it. Um, does anything like that happen at Misfit Athletics? And you kind of nodded. <laughs> it does. Nope. You go. Yeah, every you go once in away. a while on Friday, I leave here crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit of uh, fidelity on on what that looks like in in detail, you know, and and how valuable that is in terms of innovating, uh, at least the programming. I mean, we sit down for for any given phase two to, I don't even know, 10 times to kind of organize our thoughts, talk about what we're trying to accomplish, and then kind of divide and conquer. And then when you come back into the meeting, it's, yeah, hey, we have our product before it gets to the customer. Let's make sure that we're all happy and we're, you know, the message that we're delivering, the stimulus that we're after is all being matched with what our initial intentions were. And you best be prepared to explain yourself how you are trying to create that <laughs> adaptation. Otherwise, if you can't explain it to the programmers in the room, yeah, who you can't explain it, it to an expert. Yeah. It's going to be tough to get it down right. to customer level. Yeah. If, yeah. if I can't explain it to Drew and Hunter, what I'm trying to do with my, like uh, my running piece, they're, they're not going to be like, all right, well, this is great. Put it to everybody else. They'll figure it out. Like, no, we have to be able to make sure that it's, intuitive for people who do get it but also is easy enough to follow because we're trying to create buy-in and we want like you said i think early on with like the accessibility you don't want to make you 10 backflips and jump through hoops of fire to figure stuff out you want it now that level of entry to be very very minimal so you can just get started so to me it's really important that we kind of sit down we talk about these things and we really fully understand our message so that we can convey that message to others moving forward and then what what kind of culture needs to be like like what have you done on the on the the day-to-day relationship building culture of the team to allow that that to flourish because I think in terms of if if you're not deliberate about building uh the the interpersonal stuff that can support that that could quickly go awry right like like misfit athletics doesn't last 11 years if if you're doing that and you don't have the relationships built in um, and there isn't stuff like psychological safety and those kind of things. The common bond I would say is that we all wanted to kick each other in the gym early on. We just wanted to all come work out together and try to beat each other in, in workouts. And we kind of found each other through competitive CrossFit. And then, you know, through that we've created friendships and that really is where the things started and why it's, you know, you don't feel necessarily terrible if someone's like, I don't agree with how you're, you know, writing that rowing workout. I would do this instead. It just goes back to, Hey, have you thought of it this way? And it doesn't become a personal thing. It's just, hey, this is how we develop that innovation is through constant challenging of one another. We've traveled all over the world together for the last, you know, eight or nine years. And I think that sort of the, you know, the staying in hotels and planes and family dinners and just all that sort of stuff is is really important. And because we were never boxed into like a sort of a corporate setting, there's just a different feel here with the conversations that we have and work and personal life and all these different things are intertwined and that's not optimal a hundred percent of the time, but it does develop what you just talked about in terms of like, we all really know each other. Um, and the ability to, to balance being assertive and open-minded, I think is, is easier when you know that on the other side of this argument, isn't like, we're not going to talk for a few days or someone doesn't want to work here anymore. Like we typically don't have 
really any issues like that, especially when you think about the subject matter. Like if, if, if I don't like how many chest of bar pull-ups you chose in the workout and you don't want to like be my friend anymore, that would probably be a little intense. So a lot of times, a lot of times when we're like really arguing, it's sort of over silly things, but it does filter our ideas down into something that we can actually then present to the community. Yeah. That's good. And I think there's this, if, if generally, if everybody in the room agrees on something very easily, I, in my experience, anyways, that's kind of a red flag that something's going on. Right. Because just, just the fact that we all come to the table with, with, uh, in such, from such different places, like it's, I don't even really allow it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You shouldn't. Right. (laughs) Well, so I was, I was like, one of the good things about the pandemic has been like me giving myself a little like sort of alternative MBA with the amount of, you know, reading and podcasts that I've been able to do. And the, the CEO of Shopify talked about, um, how essentially he, he, when he started working with, you know, a business consultant, he is a challenger. So he doesn't like it when he puts out idea just as as an exercise and everyone agrees with him and i was like okay so and he really went into how he thinks about that stuff and i had i don't think i had ever considered the fact that that's just sort of like built into me so if i'm spitballing and like it's like nodding heads or like oh yeah that's amazing and it's like it's a half-baked idea what are you talking about and then they're like wait didn't you just i don't understand so like yeah i that's that's always bothered me. And it was nice hearing him talk about that just to sort of yeah. put a bit of a, a name to it. It's like these, everything needs to be stress tested. Like, like you need to put things through the ringer to make sure that like, oh, it's a, yeah, it's a good idea, but it's a good idea in a vacuum when you're not dealing with, you know, variables, you know, A through Z. Yeah. Cause, cause the head nodding could mean a lot of things The the least likely scenario is that that's a perfect idea. It, you know, the, it the could even mean, I don't even know like, what you just said. Yeah. It sounds good. Like scenario, like they're that's nodding because they don't want to offend you because the idea is so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's pretty, it, it's pretty clear when it's like a unanimous agreement because it's like, it's very obvious, like this is the right thing or it's like a, it, it's right. a business decision. I think kind of back to the, uh, when we had like, we had an instance where we had to like unfortunately like remove some team members from the from the squad and it was it was pretty unanimous up front um like as far as what we initially thought and then gave it gave it a little bit of time to to sit and make sure that it was in fact the right call but that's probably an example of like hey that's a good that's a good indicator that people are on the same page with kind of the culture of the the workplace where everybody is like it it wasn't like an immediate immediate unthought through decision it was just like no this is well everyone landed on the hard side of correct yeah Yeah. and it was the the, it was was not it it was yeah it was the challenging side and it was which is kind of a cool indicator that you understand everybody's on the same page as far as when it comes to making challenging decisions that aren't you know number of chest bar pull-ups in a workout related like if you can make if you can agree on those sorts of things from a moral ethical cultural standpoint then it's pretty easy to like it's perfectly fine for me to tell drew his workout sucks um like correct you know those those kind of conversations become a lot easier and there's like that trust factor that gets built in 
you you guys started to talk about kind of the the evolution of crossfit at large um and i'm kind of zooming out uh to the macro level but um maybe some thoughts on like how crossfit has been innovative in the strength and conditioning world uh, i mean i i think it i think it does go back to to just what i talked about with the like there are subject matter experts in like all of these you know you, you just it spreads out this web is really incredible and these people know how to manipulate different things um you know and and it really was just brought back into why are why are we deciding that i am a lifter i am a runner i am this it's like at a certain point you have to have a better fitness solution for the masses when they're not trying to you know they're not trying to do a triathlon they're not trying to do a powerlifting meet like like what would work best and um i think you know, sort of the evolutionary biology side of it, where it's like, you know, there weren't like, oh, well, this, when you need the heavy stone lifted, you know, we go over to Grok over here. And then, you know, if someone's got to run into town, it's like, no, you, you probably had endurance and strength, you know, proportionately to what you needed to be able to accomplish as a human being, which is what CrossFit is. And then it got, you know, the fast forward button got pressed when they decided that they wanted to turn it into a sport because then it was, okay, not only we have a fitness solution for the masses, but now we're obsessed with figuring out how this ecosystem, how all these things play off of each other. Cause like, you know, I think the best example of how it changes is gymnasts are scored on like how perfect their routine is and their movement we don't get any style points. So we're like, what is the least amount of energy or, you know, muscular fatigue that you're going to get from a particular movement? How do you perform it that way? It doesn't need to be perfect. It needs to be efficient. And those two things are different. So yeah, the innovation side has been like, I think we would have gotten there eventually um, just from people wanting to adapt, but man, the, the sport itself push that innovation so much faster than it would have been on its own. I'm really thankful that it did <laughs> such a thing too, because I took a program in exercise science for my graduate degree and to go and listen to a lecture where they say, this is the only way you can get strong. This is the sure only wants way his money back. This is the only way you can get better. <laughs> Still don't have that degree though. <laughs> Actually, I don't, I never ticket. paid that parking ticket. So I don't physically have my diploma, but no. <laughs> cares we can um, make you one <laughs> yeah i got a piece of paper and a crayon i'll make it one as just got you. <laughs> but um it's just to me it crossfit when i eventually found it because i was trying to get out of hey i played sports and someone told me it was competitive and fun and some other thing to do that wasn't just like get fat after playing football in college so i was like cool i'll check this out and the part that drew sort of just alluded to a second ago is that like why box yourself into one single thing when all of these things play on your physiology and train why do you only want to be good at one thing when you can be good at many and something about that like ethos really stuck with me and i thought it was really innovative for crossfit it's like you know if you only do arms on monday are you only good at using your arms on monday if you only do your aerobic work <laughs> on at, saturday at o'clock, it's tuesday i can't can't type that's what i'm yeah. saying so like to Mouth. me that like instantly like clicked i'm like yeah how would i only want to do cardio these three days or never with anything wow. else like that to yep. me is so outside of the strength of community strength and uh, conditioning community so when i'm in grad school and i'm listening to a lecture and they're like the only way you can get strong is if you do one to three reps at 75 to 79 percent every wednesday with this much rest i'll just like this is boring and it doesn't it doesn't i've seen it not happen like i've seen people get stronger get healthier get fitter in different ways so like 
I don't want to take what you're you know, giving me whole. I should listen to the lessons that are in this lecture, but realize that it's not black and white. It's not how the world works. Well, and there's the whole avenue of psychological burnout. If there's no variety, if I have to yeah. do this, 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 and this, I think that's a huge issue with, with the, you know, obesity and diabetes epidemic in the United States right now. It's like, Okay, here is, you know, you, you, you go over here and you step up and down onto this platform with one pound dumbbells in your hands. And when you get bored of that, you go back home and revert back to where you were. And then we just do this endless cycle. Like, even if CrossFit didn't work as well as it does, I think people would buy in for a longer period of time. Every time you show up to the gym, it's something a little bit different. It's something where you can focus on it and be excited about it, even though it hurts a little bit. And then, you know, you rinse and repeat the next day. I think what what all of these things have in common and my kind of answer to the innovation question is that CrossFit defined what it means to be fit and what it means to be healthy in a mathematical sense. And this is kind of the engineer in me appreciating that sort of thing. Like I can mathematically model exactly how much work I'm doing and how much, you know, how much, uh, yeah, ex how much work I'm doing in a, in a given workout. I can also, we're going to take the information that we know about, about energy systems and kind of put a model to that. And then we're going to extrapolate that and suggest that if we have uh, more work capacity uh, over a long period of time, like like over a lifetime, we are therefore fitter and healthier humans. And they did a, a terrific job of of putting names and, and figures and stuff to this stuff uh, or and putting stuff to this stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and putting yeah. these charts and whatnot that that make logical sense that say if you. If you become, if you increase your work capacity, your ability to do Fran faster, you are, um, you are pushing yourself further away from potentially being sick later in life. You are, the odds are that if you shave 30 seconds off your Fran time, you've also, uh, decreased your blood pressure. Your A1C goes down, your blood glucose levels are in the normal range. All of these things manage to to fit nicely in kind of in a like I said in a chart or something like that so that we can we can say for from an athlete perspective the fittest athlete is the one who can do the most work in the least time and we can mathematically prove that that's a fact and then for somebody who's more interested in the health just like hey I just want to be a fitter healthier person well we want to make that work capacity we don't need to make it to an elite CrossFit Games athlete level, but as long as it's trending, moving to the right and not the left, we're also going to drag all of those health metrics with it, and we're going to produce a more formidable human. So all of the things that are in the textbooks that say about getting stronger, getting uh, getting better at running shorter, long distances, or the you know the kettlebell people like who just swing kettlebells the for like kettlebell people. For, yeah, the kettle, those kettlebell people. They those all people. were all we all they all have and can be modeled in the same way that a CrossFit workout can be, uh, kind of given the right parameters and some and some very basic fundamental tools like a scale and a stopwatch and, and something like that and just observation. So CrossFit innovated by defining that and mathematically showing that this is the case. Um, we don't necessarily know why increased work capacity uh, 
you know, reduces, well, we kind of do, but like we do, we, we do, <laughs> we, you know, but it, it's proven so, so much kind of beyond a reasonable doubt that it's effect, that it's science. So to me, that that's kind of my answer to the innovation topic. And if people treated, you know, fitness as more than just the definition in the dictionary, which is being fit, like we have a, we have a definition that is scientifically possible to, to model. Yeah. And I, Drew, you mentioned that buy-in piece and I think CrossFit's been able to do that. Like, you know, just doing the same thing over and over versus what we're doing. And I think within a space, within a space, I think Misfit has been successful at, at upping the ante on that. And like, cause in my mind, you've got that nailed with the programming, but then there's so much other pieces that you can unpack when you, when you enter into kind of the Misfit space that's not necessarily available in a lot of other places. And I think that you guys have been successful in increasing the buy-in in terms of like, okay, now there's a podcast, there's some, there's some blogs, there's all these other things um, that I could start to expand the aperture on that. And, and theoretically it's, it's a lot harder for me to get, uh, to get complacent and, and to kind of lose focus. Yeah. I, I was really lucky. I, I, I'm not sure how I stumbled upon it, how it was suggested or where I found it, but I read Tribes by Seth Godin the year before we started Misfit Athletics, and he just set me down a path of of how important your customers are when you're running a business. Like the idea that you're going to tell them what they like and tell them what they want is not really a recipe for success. Um, especially long-term success. So, so be, you know, buying into the idea that, that, you know, you, you need to remain an expert in your field, but you also need to listen to what people want. So like people have enjoyed us adding recently into our podcast, just us being morons essentially at the beginning and and you know just talking about what we're up to and squeeze again (laughs) yeah like like what are we what are we doing here um you know what's going on what's going on in our personal lives you know old jokes you know that we tell at training camps and stuff like that so staying staying true to like making a connection with the community has allowed us to then go get that buy-in in the areas that we consider serious, you know, markers for their success. You mentioned not, you know, not telling people to do, and this is a hypothesis that I'm testing in my, in my brain recently is like, I, it might appear sometimes if you, if you ask somebody or tell somebody what to do and they do it, it might appear like they've done it because you told them to do it. But I, I think that that's false. I think there's, there's always an underlying agenda. Um, and, and nobody ever does anything because you told them to do it. Right. I think they maybe maybe they want to please you or maybe their ego or all these other things. But it's it's very rarely, if ever, because you told them to do it. And I, I have kids um, and that's very clear with them. In in my experience, that's a that's a short that's a short term gain uh, and a long term loss. That's a immediately my thought goes to if I tell every single one of my coaches, this is how you're going to do something that just entirely like, yeah, they'll do it for the next class. Uh, and I can even explain why, uh, but that's not, that's not going to kind of propagate a culture of, Oh, how should I think about this? When, when the head coach isn't telling me what to do. Um, it's instead the occasional, like, 
I'm just going to like throw it out there, like just kind of lob like, and, and it is like sometimes intentional. It's like, hmm, I wonder if somebody tried this. Hmm, I don't know. Like, we'll see. <laughs> and then somebody Maybe like, all it takes is like one person to like, yeah, like, okay, like I'll, I'll give it a shot. And then they see the results and it, that, that kind of gives, gives somebody confidence to try something new without feeling like you're not, not feeling worried about failing or something like that. So instead, like, yeah, if you want something done like immediately, there's a time and a place to say like, "Hey, please go do this." Or in the military, yeah. um, but like, it that's a that's a short that's like a like I said that's a short term, a short term yeah. thing and not something that you want if you want the maybe a slightly lower trajectory, but something that's going to carry team members or employees or whoever uh, into that space where they're they're interested in trying out their own innovations or own ideas or being willing to try something out and fail or try something out and succeed and learn from those mistakes or, or, or wins. This is something that I took a hard lesson in more of the health and wellness space outside of the gym and was able to bring it back into what we're doing with our programming. Um, in 2021, uh, considering yourself like a, essentially like a really crappy version of Google is not a good idea that the information is there for everyone and just spewing information and you should do this and you should do that. And here are your instructions. Um, it does not resonate with people. There's no connection there. There's no ability to develop that rapport and at large, you know, macro view the community. So when, when, we're looking at how do I get an athlete to start doing their aerobic work or to be humble when they're doing their skill work and really try to get better as opposed to, you know, just get some reps in. It's like, we have to stop saying why we know this is going to work. Why the, why won't they do this? It's how do I motivate and How do we yeah. as a group motivate and inspire a community to do things like run on a treadmill for an hour and a half or whatever it is. So, so that shift from, you know, I am an encyclopedia, please listen to me again, when everyone has an iPhone in their pocket, doesn't really, you know, you're like party tricks of having random facts. Isn't that cool anymore? Yeah. Um, because <laughs> hold on. Any, hold on. Yeah, that's actually, bullshit. no, Sorry. that's not right. Informational and, power is gone. And it pushes you to find a way to convince someone to do something. And there's um, so many different ways to do that. You're working with different athletes and they, you know, respond differently to different styles of leadership and having those connections lets us look at this from a different perspective. Yes, we know this is what we want them to do, but Someone do it, do it, do out. it or else is not the way to sell it. It's yeah. here's why you should do it. We're doing it. This guy did it and he improved like bring all of those pieces together. That's what gets someone to actually go to that point. Otherwise it's like, why do you care so much if I do this thing? Why don't you go do it? Like it just yeah. doesn't, it doesn't work that way. I think uh, I recently read Loon Shots and they talk about um, product innovation versus strategy innovation. There's a space for, for, for both of those. And I think in terms of like the things that from, from an outsider perspective, you guys have done in terms of uh, strategy innovation, like through COVID and, and um, just on the side as well. And one thing I think of is going from like, hey, these are your one to four pieces that you can choose from to a zero to like, I think of that as in terms of a strategy innovation, because for me, like Big that time. was, yeah, for sure. 
like real talk that was like stressing me out i was like i have to get one of these when it went to zero i was like i found myself doing Thank more of god them. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> because well because but the stress well, wasn't stress there coming down yeah. and so so maybe some thoughts on on other ways that you guys have innovated um in in that space and maybe covid maybe not but um just recent innovations well i mean we so so at the beginning of covid we we saw that you know sort of like the stock market we saw that immediate dip um in subscriptions because it was just like like people wondering literally if they were going to die or not like like yeah. the the narrative in you know march april time frame it was it's pretty scary out there um so so we saw that and we just sort of said to ourselves okay let's go in and for free write a modification to every single workout that someone could achieve at home and that played back into r.i.p my keyboard fingers yes <laughs> um so, so that that just played back into you know um doing the right thing um which can sometimes when you feel like you're doing the right thing for like three or four years and it's not paying off it can feel like maybe you know you need to cut corners or play dirty or whatever it is and then the community rallies around you in that way and you realize that you need to stick to that path if you've decided that that's how you want to do things um you know it it shows up when you least expect it like like for instance I shot a little video, put it in the Facebook members group and told the members, if you guys keep your memberships, I will keep paying all of the coaches, whether they work or not. And we kept almost all of our members. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was kind of incredible. So again, like, like that, that idea of, of goodwill and putting that out there can be challenging when you don't feel the return immediately, but over a longer period of time, it, you know, it certainly pays off. And while, the innovation was more in sort of mundane details during that. It was us figuring out what does that look like? How do we provide that goodwill? How do we go out and do that during this time to tell people we are still there for them? So, so again, it was, you know, the workouts, the, the paying the coaches, you know, trying to continue to put out content, you know, shooting, you know, having to, to, to do podcasts like this, you know, we're all in our perspective, you know, homes, you know, fig, you know, Ted figuring out how do we, you know, still create this media when we're nowhere near each other. Um, so having to adapt during this time to stick to our principles, I think has fortified them. I think it made us also realize that it is worth it. The like slight ass pain of changing an entire training phase to be like made for limited equipment or something like that, or writing a whole that end up just getting downloaded for free where it's like like you said a little bit frustrating to not see a um because ultimately like we need to make money to to keep doing what we're doing but like are you are you okay with with saying like no i think this is going to this is going to pay off in the long term from a business perspective but also like this that sort of instance is kind of like what we what you signed up to do in the first place which is ultimately help people um, to make, give them the opportunity to either realize like phys peak physical performance or just stay healthy. And all of the things that we talk about, talked about on podcasts from 
whenever, whatever year we started when we're talking about like, Hey, get outside, get vitamin D here, are the supplement, like the real supplements you need to take, not the creatine and the, or the, um, not like it's no, one of the most sorry, scientifically sorry, backed. Sorry, I didn't mean creatine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> forgive me. Glucosamine. My life yeah. is a lie. Just all these, all these garbage, garbage foods and supplements that you think are correct. And instead it's like, Hey, we just want you to eat real food. That's got a bunch of micronutrients and, uh, take vitamin C and move, get the non-exercise movement, all of these things that we talk about to tell people like this is a, this is good for your health was also, were also the same things that made, uh, that allowed people to be fine, quote, fine through getting, getting COVID or getting sick or being isolated in a home where we talk a lot about maintaining like personal relationships that are like, you know, not, not worrying about the negative personal relationships or cutting those out and maintaining the ones that are positive. Like all of those things, like really kind of like, like an atom smashing together. Just like, it was like, Hey, like we've been talking a lot about this stuff. No, we didn't think it was going to be like the time to say, I told you so was going to be during a global pandemic. Uh, but (laughs) Like, but I hey, so. but we can't, yeah, no, nah, and <laughs> we'll never, never say that, but it's like, right. you know, hey, all of this stuff could, can help you like survive what is going to be like looked upon as a, an extremely challenging time and certainly your lifetime, but in, in just general, like human history. Yeah. I think, um, maybe the last question I have for you and then, I'll, and then I'll, um, lob it to you guys to see if you have any final thoughts, but, um, I, I think you got a lot of cool uh, slogans, right? And they're all, I think they're also very deliberate, um, you know, sharpen the ax I love and, and keep climbing those. Which one, which one ties the most to innovation? Grow or die. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's good. That one stuck out to me early on, but it's funny you say that because we used to have a tagline for every season. That's one something we started with way, way back in 2013. It was embrace the darkness and then dead men tell no tales, or I might have that bet flip flop. There might be the no, other embrace way the darkness was the first one. Yeah, yeah. embrace the darkness, dead men tell no tales, and then we had sharpen the axe, and you know we were. We were like, that's ah, a great ethos. Like, be prepared. It's something we were trying to, you know, instill yeah. in athletes for for year and years, like years and years. Excuse me, and if you don't do the necessary work, don't be disappointed later on when you don't have the outcome you were looking for. And for whatever reason, you know, we had a meeting, the, all of us, and we sat down and be like, you know, that's a really good message. Like that's, that's something we'd like to perpetuate kind of, you know, moving forward. And while we still have taglines for collections and other things to, to me, you know, it, I do think it's a kind of a toss up for sharpen the ax or grow or die. And I really do think that both of those have specific, you know, you know, driving factors but to me it's you know i want us to always be thinking about how we can be better and i think we do a good job of that because we're always checking one another in here yeah i would say grow or die is the what and the keep climbing might be the how Mm. um you know getting complacent and this is what we do and this is how we do it and you know sort of putting that out there is just with the way that the market works now um that's never going to cut it you know people are expected to grow exponentially or companies at least are expected to grow exponentially. And if you don't innovate and you're expected to never stop growing, like you're going to be stuck. Yeah. If you can't keep up with the the changes, a a lot of stuff now says that the business success is just your ability to adapt. Um, which I think is very, uh, very succinct with like what, what you're trying to do in the health and wellness space. Like that's very true of that too. 
Um, any any final thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, I mean, when when Hunter was talking about um, you know sort of of what's gone on this year, and maybe we you know had some of the information that people needed to to for lack of a better term, maybe hit rock bottom or you know be forced into these situations. We were also forced on an individual level and then on like a group level to look in the mirror and be like, are, are we actually like, do we believe this? Like, are, are we, are we executing on the things that, that we said we were going to? Um, and there's been this like reality check that this like litmus test for all of the different things that we, um, you know, that we talk about, that we preach, that we, you know, try to embody, that we try to put into the community, that we hope to have in our culture here, just in the office. Like you, you either did it or you didn't. And it was going to be pretty obvious if you didn't. So, so, you know, a little bit of a gift built in there into, you know, sort of a crappy time. Yeah. I think the, what, what I would kind of take away and, and maybe try to apply to innovation is to, to have a have a high tolerance for failure and a low tolerance for and I think we like Drew kind of hit it on the head with the things like do we does what you're doing actually kind of pass the pass the sniff test when it come, when it like comes down to it and I think that f- between the the physical gym locations and the um and like the online business I think it 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 kind of showed it's a, it was a nice realization that like, Hey, what we're doing actually matters to both people on the other side of a screen and people who we see every day in class, because, you know, through that, I'm sure like a lot of people, um, members, groups of groups of people who are friends in our case, like gym members got together weekly, uh, on zoom and like started group text threads and stuff that forced, that was like, Hey, I miss you guys like that sort of thing. And that's a huge part of kind of the ethos of CrossFit as a whole. And then we try to take that to kind of another, another level within the misfit community and their people, it, it proved that like, Hey, what we're doing once, once the kind of the glass shattered, everybody was still like able to kind of reconnect and, or stay connected with the people that mattered. It wasn't, you know, to, to take a global gym analogy sort of thing, like, you know, it's not like the group of people who go to the Globo gym at 6 a.m. were reaching out to communicate with each other. It was like, well, I don't go there anymore for us. It's it's like, hey, how you doing? Like, you want to do a workout over Zoom with me, which sucks, but it's better than not. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> respectfully, no, thank no you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that that's the that's kind of my takeaway from an innovation perspective, especially within the context of maybe the past year. Yeah. I'd say kind of wrapping up, it's like choosing to do the hard things, the things that most people avoid, because a lot of people always set up this like fake scenario. Like it'd be nice if everything fell my way, exactly the way I wanted to 24 seven, you know, wherever I go is the golden road and it's always easy for me, but you know, we. It's funny the musing today. It's easy, easy schmeasy. Well, it's, it's yeah. sort of. I read oh, you already earlier. saw it. I read it earlier, oh, okay. but I, I do think that really does. I fit thought it was well a with, coincidence. It fits well with what we're talking about <laughs> right. today. Is that you know, if you're always trying to find the path to least resistance, you're not going to be challenging yourself. You're not going to grow as a person. You're not going to grow as a company. You're not going to, you know, put out into the world what you hope to get back from it, which is like you know these 
awesome opportunities and the ability to do this and that. So for me, it's just, you know, realizing that things are going to be difficult and difficulty is not a bad thing. You're assigning a, a subjective feel to something that's very objective. So for me, it's, you know, embrace things that are difficult, go out of your way to do those things and you'll be better for it. That's good. Yeah. Um, I, so I'll just, I'll end with some gratitude and we, we kind of touched on it, but, it, but again, I think it worth, it's worth saying, uh, to, to Drew, Sherb, Hunter and Ted, um, thank you guys. I, I, we really appreciated the fact that, that you would just kind of like give us that time when time is the only thing you can't get back. It speaks very, <laughs> um, very honestly to, to what you guys are trying to do and, um, everything about you. So, we, we really appreciate it. I wish I was, there was another way I could, I could give you more gratitude, but that's, well, I mean, we, I we appreciate our community so much. And I mean, you're providing a, a platform for us to continue to grow that. So not only your personal support, but giving us a platform to come on here and say, you know, just sort of outside of CrossFit, this is what we're about. These are the things that we think about internally. We don't get an opportunity to do that a lot. So, um, the gratitude is definitely a two-way street here. Thank you again for listening to Tesseract Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Any references to trademarked, copyrighted, or protected products or services such as books, movies, or businesses are used here for the limited purpose of education and professional development of Air Force Airmen. If you have any questions, please contact us at www.tesseractaf.com.